Gradebook, a Tampa Bay Times podcast on Florida education issues. I'm reporter Jeff Solacek, and this week, with all of the activity going on in other states, such as Arizona, regarding teachers and their activism over salaries and other issues, we decided to talk with one of our Florida activists who has been launching a website and a group called Florida Educators United, and um, is trying to activate teachers around the state to stand up for their rights. Nadia Zananiri is a history teacher at Miami Beach High School, and um, she's here to talk with us today. So, Nadia, I really want to thank you for taking time from your busy day at Miami Beach High and um, talking with us. Thanks for having me on. You have been an active teacher, and by that I mean active in things beyond teaching for quite some time, haven't you? What got you involved in speaking out more than just teaching? I would call myself an accidental activist. You know, I was actually just being in my classroom and um, I wasn't active in education issues at all until the Florida legislature had removed the class size cap for AP classes. They called them elective classes. And I sort of knew once they got rid of the class size cap for advanced placement courses, my classes were going to become very large. I didn't anticipate quite how large, but when I came back the following fall, I had 56 freshmen at the end of the day in an AP World History class. I had nowhere for them to sit. They were in the hallway, on the floor, and I couldn't see myself surviving a year with a class that large. So I, I was talking about this problem with a friend of mine who happened to work at the Miami Herald at the time, and she put me in contact with the education reporter who called me up and explained that she was already working on this story, and she talked to many other teachers in the district with the same problem. So I told her my situation, and then when the story came out, it was mostly about me and my school and the 56 kids in my room, so it ended up making my school look not so great, and it got worse because a local reporter had barged into my classroom at the end of the day. I didn't realize she was a reporter. I thought she was a mother. Um, I mean, I should have known. She was wearing pantyhose, and nobody wears pantyhose in Miami. <laughs> and she started taking pictures of my classroom, and I had moved um, a set of computers that were in the back of the room. I put them on the floor because there was a table. I wanted the kids to have somewhere to sit. And I had emailed our tech supports, and they're busy. There's not very many of them. There was no response, and I just took the computers and put them on the floor, and I used the table for my students, but because the computers were on the floor, um, she was taking pictures of that, and at the time, we were trying to have um, a bond pass for technology funding, so that didn't look real great either. Um, so that was one of the things that happened in the first week of school. Then we also started the Race to the Top grant program that year, and I remember being in a staff meeting, and we had to watch this video. It was the superintendent, union president at the time, sitting side by side, trying to sell us on merit pay and the value-added model and how wonderful it's going to be for us, <laughs> and I was just thinking to myself, this is not going to end well. 
Well, so then how did it turn into you doing more than just thinking about this and being like a, a, a featured person in an article? Well, you, you started writing about these issues online and, and did you also get in? Pretty quickly after I was in the Herald that our district doesn't like having negative stories in the local press. So I started writing my own truth on the Kafka Teach blog. I had been spending a lot of time I've been going through a little bit of insomnia and nothing to do at 2 a.m. There's nothing on TV. I really need to be cleaning my house, but I couldn't because you know, I have three small children. And I would just read education articles and I would post comments, these really long comments. <laughs> I just decided if I'm going to spend all this time writing all this, I might as well create a blog and have some sort of documentation of what's happening with public education in Miami and Florida. Um, and I just felt like I was trapped in this kind of absurd bureaucracy, which is what Kafka writes about. So that's where I came up with the Kafka Teach blog. And I just wrote about my experiences as well as the Florida legislature and some of the more bizarre and punitive education policies that they like to pass. We're seeing in Florida now that a lot of teachers are, are becoming frustrated, but un, and it's not quite unlike what's happening in Arizona, Colorado, and other states, but yet in Florida, there seems to be a lot less activity than what we're seeing in those other states. And you started a new Facebook group and have been trying to get people to at least wear red. And could you talk a little bit about you know why wearing red is something that they should do and what, what else they can do? Sure. So, yeah, we've all been watching the news and these, you know, massive teacher protests, really unprecedented. And, you know, you're hearing about how they've been organizing them through Facebook, which is something, you know, I wanted to do seven years ago. I used to have this sign outside my door that the, the revolution will not be televised. It'll be on Facebook. And I think my coworkers thought I'd gone crazy at that point. <laughs> but I really saw Facebook as a tool in the, in the group function for organizing teachers um, and spreading information. Because teachers are very busy. They're in their classrooms. They're isolated. They don't know what's going on for the most part. And they don't have time to get informed. So if we could, you know, come up with a method of informing teachers so they know what's going on, especially what's coming out of Tallahassee, what's coming their way, that Facebook was a good vehicle for that. Um, so with watching these other states, Oklahoma, West Virginia, Arizona, and now I think North Carolina is going to be next. Florida has the same issues that these other states have. We have terrible teacher salaries. We have a legislature that doesn't want to fund education. We have charter schools and overtesting and, you know, really bizarre punitive policies like the best and brightest program. And we still use the value added model in Florida for teacher evaluations. So, you know, teachers in Florida have a lot of reasons to be just as upset as teachers in Oklahoma or West Virginia. Our salaries aren't keeping up with the cost of living, especially in expensive areas like Miami, um, Tampa. Our, our salaries are not enough for us to um, remain in this profession, really. So through, you know, whatever legal actions we can do, like wearing red, um, emailing politicians, creating petitions, and just an overall awareness campaign, which is what I've been trying to do with the short videos I've been putting out, is to just create an awareness of the situation of teachers in Florida. Because um, I think the 
I think the public is unaware of that. Um, I was just wondering, you know, with all of the, we've seen the polls have come out lately with that are very supportive of, you know, teachers, teacher pay, public education funding. Have you thought about how you can maybe work with those polls and, and maybe work with the superintendents who seem to have been very supportive of getting more funding for public education as well and maybe doing something like what they did in Arizona where they closed the schools so that the teachers could go and do something else. Protest. I think, yeah, I think it's uh, very important to get the support of your local districts, the superintendents, uh, the PTA, the unions to take advantage of this moment of history, the media attention, the um, success that we've seen in the other states where people have made some demands and politicians have responded to that, which we don't always see. So it's important to take advantage of that momentum. We will be having a protest in Miami-Dade or rally. They don't like to things protest, but we're having a rally for salaries outside of um, the school board on May 16th in Miami-Dade, and we'll also be speaking, um, the group of teachers will be speaking about our situation. And our board has proposed um, a referendum on next fall's ballot to help raise teacher salaries. So, you know, I think this is something where we can cooperate, you know, it's by making the public aware of our situation, they might be more likely to vote yes for a measure to increase funding at the local level for now because our, at the state level, they don't seem interested in funding public education to the level it needs to be funded at to have a successful system. And we can also mobilize as a political force since we have major elections coming up in November and um, if, if people do see teachers and supporters of public education getting active and mobilizing, then politicians are going to be more likely to respond to us. I've noticed a lot of teachers are afraid, though, to speak out the way that you do. And a lot of times I'll call them here in our Tampa area and I'll say, I'm, I'm looking for somebody to speak to about these issues that are affecting teachers. And they're, they're, they say they're afraid. They don't want to jeopardize their jobs. Do you find that speaking out comes with some sort of threat? Yes. <laughs> yes, it does. I mean, I'll, I'll never be able to be promoted in my district. And I've been able to keep my job because I have professional contract status, which most new teachers don't. They're all on annual qual um, contract, which is why it's so important that we try to bring back job security for teachers in Florida, because they're not going to speak out about what's wrong in the system if they're afraid to lose their jobs. So I've been able to do that because I still have um, some sort of job security, and I have a supportive administration. I have supportive parents. Um, we have a pretty powerful PTA at my school, and I, I think if the district or um, you know anyone else tried to come after me in my position, they would try to support me. But then, do you find it's hard to get people from your ranks to come and work with you to talk next to you? Yes, it's it's very very difficult and disappointing how few teachers are willing to speak out in public. And I think that's part of the problem. <laughs> if we're too scared and we just um, hide in our classrooms and hope it all goes away at some point, then we're, we're never going to be able to um, have any victories in public education in this state. So getting teachers to um, take a stand is, is really important. It's hard to do and striking is illegal in Florida uh, as it was in some of these other states as well um, but it's 
for some reason, I don't know if it's the balmy breezes or what, <laughs> getting Florida teachers to mobilize and, and take a stand seems it's, it's hard in this state. And it could be the annual contract status that a lot of the teachers are on. Well, I saw it before even the annual contracts teachers thing took place. You know, they were still kind of afraid. They always would say, that teacher's being punished. They got the bad class. They got the bad classroom. They got assigned to the place closest to the bathroom or whatever, right? It, it can't happen. You know, I've had some confrontations from based on being vocal in my district. But luckily, I've had fair administrator, administrators, and I have a good reputation. And there's not a lot of other people that can teach the class that I teach at my school. <laughs> I think that's why I haven't been reassigned to the to those the undesirable subject areas. So I just wonder, you know, do you have anything good to say about what the lawmakers have done? Because they did put a lot of money into school security. They're trying to create more choices for families, which they say that's what they want. Uh, is anything that they've done positive? I'm an eternal optimist, and I, you know, every legislative session, I try to be hopeful that something good will happen in favor of public education and teachers in Florida. And it just seems to get worse and worse <laughs> with every legislative session. I mean, this one, they passed a decertification bill for Florida teachers' unions. They have these hope scholarships where if a kid's bullied, they can get a voucher to go to a private school. But I mean, the reality is, there are bullies in private schools too. So I don't know what's supposed to happen to the kid once he gets to private school, if he gets bullied there, where is he supposed to go next? And these vouchers will never really um, fund a private school education. They will give you a voucher for 7000 Most private schools are $20,000, $30,000 a year. So it's not a great solution. It just takes money away from the public school system. Um, and then the school security bill, which, of course, after Parkland, uh, we did need to take more measures to secure our schools. But if they can magically find $400 million for school security, they can find $400 million for teacher salaries as well. Um, it's not one or the other. I don't think the uh, school resource officers at every school are, it's not realistic and it's not, it's going to prevent another Parkland. I mean, you had a resource officer there who didn't do anything. And two weeks later, you had a school resource officer that was found asleep in his car at Stoneman Douglas. And so I don't think we're putting money into the right places at this point. Well, I really appreciate you talking with me. I would love to talk with you again. And I just, I'm sorry you have to go back and teach your class, but I'm sure your class will love it. So. All right. Well, thanks for having me on your show. Thank you so much. Take care. That's the end of our interview and the end of our podcast. If you'd like to participate in this conversation, please visit our Facebook page, Tampa Bay Times Grade Book. You can follow the latest breaking news on Florida education issues on our blog, tampabay.com slash blogs slash gradebook. And please continue to rate and review and subscribe to this podcast for our weekly discussions on the issues that are taking place around our state. I'm reporter Jeff Solacek. Thanks again for listening.